Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Josh Mandel, thank you very much. I wanted to write about the Ohio Senate primary because I had to, basically. Uh, just too important and too interesting to ignore. I've spent a lot of time in Ohio over the last year, but hadn't written specifically about the Senate race. And within the Senate race, which I argue in the piece is unlike any other, there is one candidate that is unlike any of the other candidates to me, and that is Josh Mandel. He's running for U.S. Senate, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Mandel. In May of last year, I saw Josh and many other people and candidates at something called the Ohio Political Summit. One thing he did and said stuck out to me in a way that I sort of hadn't stopped thinking about and what he did was target a reporter who at the time worked for the Toledo Blade named Liz Skalka. She's now with the Huffington Post, but she had tweeted some praise for Republican Governor Mike DeWine's then just announced vaccine sweepstakes, handing out a million dollars to a handful of people for having been vaccinated against COVID-19. And Josh very forcefully disagreed with those tweets. And Liz was in the room. All right. So there's a reporter here today in this room. Her name's Liz Skalka. She writes for the Toledo Blade. She went on Twitter and she was talking about how great an idea it is to do the sweepstakes. Like, literally, like, literally. I was standing not far from Liz, and he talked about Liz in a forceful, targeted, inappropriate way for a beat or two too long. She's in this room now. She's writing a story about this event, okay? And then there was a moment where you thought he was finally going to move on, and then he comes right back at her. This is Liz that She writes for the Toledo Blade. Remember, she's supposed to be a reporter. It was uncomfortable. Oh, here's another thing she said. It's a morale booster. Raise your hand if DeWine giving away your tax money for our sweepstakes is a morale booster. Hey, Liz, why don't you take a look at how many hands are up right now? I had that in mind, certainly, among many other things, but had that in mind heading into my work on this Josh profile over the last month or so. I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. Reporter Michael Cruz has been in Ohio following the Republican primary campaign of Josh Mandel. Michael has been a reporter for a long time and has covered many Trump rallies. So it's not so much that attacking the press or a specific reporter is all that strange, but it's what Josh Mandel does later that surprised Michael, which we'll get to later in this episode. Leading Michael to wonder... Does the leading candidate in the currently stacked and contentious Ohio Republican Senate primary believe what he says or not? Uh, this is a, uh, a life's project for Josh Mandel, and here he is in the stretch run of this uh, sort of crazy, chaotic, uh, Trump-twisted Ohio Republican Senate primary. We're going to start at the beginning. Who is Josh Mandel? Josh Mandel is a candidate for Senate in Ohio, in the Republican primary. This is his third try at a Senate seat out of Ohio. And he has been a fairly ubiquitous presence in Ohio politics since he was elected president of the student body at Ohio State. He is only 
44 years old, but he has been a almost nearly nonstop presence in politics in Ohio for a quarter century. And one thing I loved in your piece was how you and everyone you interviewed were was trying to figure out who the real Josh Mandel is. I mean, oh, also you interviewed like 75 people, which is insane, um, you know, who knew him, Democrats and Republicans. And it seemed like nobody quite knew which version of Josh the quote unquote real one is. This was a frustrating but fascinating reporting job because of Josh and who he is and who he's been. And some would say who he was, which some think is quite different from who he is now. I think he has evolved, if that's the right word, over the last couple of decades in terms of tone, tenor, rhetoric, hot button issues. And yet there's something incredibly consistent about Josh as well. He's been a tireless uh, striver and climber, overarchingly ambitious. And like everybody who runs for office at any level, certainly at the level he's shooting for, is ambitious. It goes without mm-hmm. saying, but he is, I think everybody agrees, whether they like him or don't like him or somewhere in between, everybody agrees that he is unusually ambitious and backs it up, has backed it up with hard work. Um, there is a sort of an element of, of mania about how he has approached politics going back to his campaigns for literally student body president at Ohio State. I mean, this is the way in which you hear the same things over and over again. Yeah. And the Ohio Senate primary itself is sort of remarkable without Mandel. It's stacked. Just tell me about the Ohio Republican Senate primary. Sure. It's chaotic. Trump, as he does with so many uh, primaries hovers with the possibility of his endorsement. Uh, from my reporting, he does not have a favorite uh, in this race, and there is no endorsement forthcoming. Of course, the caveat with the former president, of course, is always he could do whatever, whenever. <laughs> so maybe that's totally wrong. But from what I'm hearing, he is not close to making an endorsement. And there's so many candidates to pick from, and there's not really a perfect candidate. Mm-hmm. There's a handful of candidates who are clustered together in polling, private and public, and have been for the better part of a year. Almost always, there have been some exceptions in some polls, but Josh consistently has been the polling leader. Mike Gibbons, an investment banker from Northeast Ohio, right now is appearing to make a run to try to catch Josh, and in some polls has caught Josh. Mm -hmm. Jane Timken, the former Ohio Republican Party chair, she's had a bit of a surge earlier on There is, of course, perhaps the most well-known candidate around the country for people who sort of casually follow politics is J.D. Vance, Hillbilly Elegy author, venture capitalist. Mm -hmm. He's had a couple moments, but has never really vaulted to the head of the pack. The other is Matt Dolan, a state senator. But who knows? There's so many variables at play between now and the primary, which currently is scheduled for May. Uh, Redistricting, the ongoing saga of redistricting in Ohio could conceivably push that even deeper into the calendar. But for now, we're entering the stretch run of the primary and there is not a clear favorite. And there are so many things that are going to happen the way I've taken to putting it and the way I've heard it put to me in a variety of my conversations is that this is Josh Mandel's to lose, but he certainly could lose it. He could win it too, but he is no sure thing. 
So we talked about the first time you heard Josh speak at the Ohio Political Summit where he called out reporter Liz Skalka. You mentioned that was something that had stayed in your mind, but clearly it stayed in Josh's as well because there's kind of a coda in your piece in a Baptist church where he basically atones for calling her out in that forum. This was certainly not planned, but I found myself at a Baptist church in Columbus last month to see Josh debate a dark horse Democrat, not the Democrat who probably will be the nominee on the other side of the ledger, Tim Ryan, but a woman named Morgan Harper. And the two of them debated in sort of an odd attention-getting event that the two campaigns had put together. And after the debate, I found myself at the back of the church with Josh, with some of his campaign staffers, uh, with some activists on either side, some liked Josh, some didn't. Uh, and also Liz. Uh, there were two reporters talking with Josh, me and Liz. And Josh said to me at one point, hold on. So anyways, Liz, Michael, you guys are welcome to any uh, events you need to come to. Now, hold on. Can this be off the record? In other words, I, I, I want you to see what I'm about to do, but I don't want people to read about it. I don't want, in some sense, anybody else to see it. And I agreed to that, and so did Liz. Hold on, you're going to be the witness for this. Turn off your mic, off the record, ready? And I'm telling you this because the other people around him did not agree <laughs> to this, this off-the-record agreement, at which point I made a phone call to one of the men who was standing there and watched this happen. He had not agreed to this being off the record. And so according to the rules of reporting, I'm on solid ground here <laughs> to tell this story in the piece and to tell this story to you. Uh, what Josh Mandel did, such an interesting and unusual moment, the most interesting thing I've ever seen Josh do. He got down on one knee as if he were proposing marriage to Liz Skalka and apologized, said he was sorry for what he had done in Strongsville that day and stayed down in his knee for, you know, long enough for it to feel in a totally different way from Strongsville, also uncomfortable. And I was so struck by this moment too and why I reported it out to be able to use it in this story and to be able to tell it to you now. So struck because there are people who in Ohio and elsewhere, who loathe Josh Mandel at this point, who think he is not only sort of a Trump phony and being a character that he has not mm. been, but that he is a threat, that he is a threat, that he is a threat to democracy, that he has taken this too far, that his rhetoric is too much and has, has gotten dangerous. And I think those people will see that and perhaps wonder if he knows better and he feels bad about the way he has run this campaign and increasingly some of his prior campaigns, right? And then there are people who can't wait to vote for Josh Mandel because he is, one could argue, a sincere at this point Trump MAGA warrior and supporter. Part of the tableau <laughs> that candidates who are like that need to present is this sort of unapologetic front and perhaps in particular relations with the press. And those folks might look at that and see something totally different. Mm -hmm. I don't know what people will think about that moment, but I know that people will think things about that moment. And I know that uh, it says something about Josh and it's up to the reader. It's mm -hmm. up to the observer. 
So we've talked about how Josh Mandel is this chameleon and that he'll be however he needs to be in whatever moment. But who does Josh Mandel need to be to succeed in the Ohio race? Like if he's the ultimate kind of chameleon, what foliage is he trying to blend into here? Or what's the foliage that wins him the primary? Well, this is the question. And I don't know that we have an answer yet. I don't know that he has an answer yet. What will the Republican primary voters of Ohio, a pretty representative place in post-Trump, not really post-Trump American politics, what do they want? Mm -hmm. People in politics in Ohio, in Florida, all over the country talk a lot about this Ohio Senate primary. And they talk about all the candidates. But uh, to my eye and to my ear, uh, nobody is talked about more than Josh Mandel. The question is whether that's what these voters want. And I suppose the question at that point is, because there are so many different candidates, because there's so many different variables, what will we be able to take? What will we be able to say about Trump's enduring influence heading into the 2022 general election and beyond? Or will we? Are there better uh, gauges for those things in other states, in Pennsylvania, in Florida, in any number of places around the country? Or what will we be able to make of the power of Trump, where it stands, how much it remains? We'll see. All I know is that I'll be, uh, I'll be tuned in. I'll be watching. Michael Cruz, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you so much as always. Also today, a state judge has ordered Donald Trump, his son Donald Trump Jr., and his daughter Ivanka to sit for depositions within three weeks in New York Attorney General Letitia James' ongoing investigation of alleged financial improprieties at the Trump Organization. And President Biden has tapped two people to temporarily fill Eric Lander's dual roles as the president's top science advisor and the head of the Office of Science and Technology Policy. Alondra Nelson, currently Deputy Director for Science and Technology in the OSTP, will serve as Director of the Office, and Francis Collins, who retired in December from his role as Director of the NIH, will serve as his top science advisor and co-chair of the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. Dispatch's senior editor is Raghu Manavalan, and our senior producer is Jenny Ament. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>